You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there and you're very welcome to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan. I'm going to be with you for the next hour or so, looking at all the latest in tech and answering any questions you might have. Uh, if you have any questions, you can call 069 or you can text or WhatsApp 087-166-9800. You can leave your tech-related questions and I'll get back to you on the next show. Uh, you can always email as well, patrick102fm uh, at gmail.com and that'll get straight to me. So uh, any tech-related questions and I'll get back to you. And to start off, uh, we have one from Margaret. And Margaret is in Kilmeady and she says um, that she has been getting into photography and she's been just using her phone all along and she has been getting more into it and uh, she wanted to upgrade from the phone to a kind of a more... Uh, professional camera or a camera that will will do a better job now she didn't say what kind of budget she has but um uh we, we can have a look at at i suppose the whole concept of of you know people say nowadays our oh, phones are so good and you can do so much with them and things like that but um i was looking up a few different articles about it doing a bit of research on this question and uh i, ca- I found a good uh, one from wired and it was why you should still ditch your phone for a proper camera and proper is in exclamation marks. Don't believe the hype that a smartphone still can't completely replace your traditional DSLR. And the picture here is a, is a mirrorless camera. I think it's one of the Sony uh, ARs, the 7 or 7S or one of those. Uh, while walking along the beach near my house last year, I spotted something that stopped me in my tracks. A lone peregrine falcon perched on a spindly branch jutting out from chalk cliffs. I instinctively pulled out my iPhone 8 to capture the elegant elusive bird of prey, an apex predator in its natural habitat. It's safe to say the results won't be troubling the wildlife photographer of the year's judging panel. A snap from 100 yards or so away, the subject of my shot looks so tiny, indistinct and unimposing that it might as well have been a pigeon. Uh, I moved closer in an attempt to get a better shot, but the bird wasn't interested in playing along and promptly flew off down the coast. Looking over the unsatisfactory results later that day, I thought about the well-worn uh, photographer um, saying, the best camera is the one you have with you. Uh, and to go with that, just be thankful that you have a camera in your hands to capture whatever it is uh, the camera is looking at. Uh, it certainly didn't ring true down on that beach though. Uh, where the better camera would have had, um, I would have had sitting on a cupboard at home, a creaky old Sony A200 DSLR with a 70 to 300 telephoto lens. With that cheap body and not so quite cheap lens, I could have rattled off a dozen clear, sharp photos from afar without scaring off the bird. And yeah, that's that's a typical kind of thing, do you know. Um, it happened to me once where. Where I really noticed was I, I was doing um, uh, a mixed martial arts event and um, I was using my big SLR camera and um, uh, something happened with the shutter and it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't, it just stopped working. Error was coming up on the screen. I couldn't figure it out. And there I was cage side doing photos for, no, it wasn't a big event. And at that time, I didn't. I was only getting started out. I didn't have a kind of a backup camera or another camera, so I was kind of, I had what I had, and that was it. And um, my camera froze up, and there was still two fights left. So I said, I'll uh, I'll try the phone. You know, at least I'll get a few photos out of it that way. It mightn't be too bad. And I had a fairly decent phone at the time, 
I think it was a one plus one or one plus two, and I think they had fairly fifty megapixel or they they had fairly high um, pixel count anyway, and they were they were known as the flagship killer that time with fairly high specs. So uh, I started using it away, <laughs> and all of a sudden. Uh, I, I, when you do mixed martial arts photography there's like a cage in front of you and you have to kind of shoot through it all of a sudden all the photos were were clear of the cage and not of the people behind it and so I tried to kind of put a manual mode on the camera or something like that I think I might have even downloaded a different camera app and uh, trying to trying to get photos of it uh, of the fights and i don't think i got a single usable photo from the the last two fights that i did with my phone uh maybe where the fighters were coming into the cage and they were just standing there and there was lights shining on them and i kind of walked over nearby and got a few photos there and you know i had it in manual mode i was focusing on them and uh trying to adjust the light a bit as much as i could with the camera with the the camera that was built into the phone and it still wasn't you know you have no soft background real soft background because a lot of the phones will do it but it's just uh it's kind of just a trick it kind of like takes two photos uh one with like a smaller a lot of the cameras have a smaller like i think my own one even has it like a two megapixel um soft focus camera so it'll take a second photo blurry and then add that at the same time as it takes your own photo and use the background off of that i didn't have the, the clear part of yourself so it's a bit of software trickery rather than an actual uh, f- uh effect that comes from the the aperture and the the shutter speed and things like that uh the way you have your your professional camera set up so it's to make make it, make it look like that but it's not the same you know um but that was that was my uh you know, it's happened many times as well where I've been out in say Ballybunion for a walk or something and you see same kind of story as that article that um you see a bird in the distance or you see something and you'd you'd love to be able to get a nice close up shot of it and uh you just can't do it. You know, I, I, and I've found at the time that I have gone out walking and brought the big camera with me that uh I've been uh, able to get great shots. You know that you'd never get on a phone. Uh, a lot of it is trickery, and a lot of it is if you blow the photos up big, and you really, uh, you really want to use it for a kind of a professional album. They won't stand up to, won't stand up to it. But they are improving now a lot. There's a kind of a three-way competition on at the moment. The new um, Google Pixel Six came out, and Six Plus, and of course the the Samsung Galaxy S Twenty One Ultra. And the new iPhone as well all have a kind of a three-way um, uh, photography competition going on at the moment. And from what I've read around, it seems to be the Google Pixel is slightly ahead. Uh, I have seen a lot of head-to-heads with the iPhone. I haven't seen too many head-to-heads with the, the Galaxy uh, Ultra, but um, it's pretty close between the three of them. But... Uh, let's see some more of what this article was saying so granted the list of smartphone cameras uh, uh the things that cameras can smartphone cameras can't do well is shrinking uh, the galaxy s21 ultra and its clever 100 times space zoom for example might have been able to pull off some usable shots of my peregrine falcon from long range that said it's still not a real 100 times optical zoom 
The camera's lens setup provides for only a modest uh, four times optical zoom, with the rest of the range essentially simulated through digital processing and cropping. Once you move beyond Samsung's lossless hybrid 4 to 10 times zoom level, you'll start to see the image quality uh, degrade and details become softer as the processing becomes less effective at enhancing the data it's getting from the sensor. So that's true. Like, um, You know some cameras have multiple lenses, some cameras have um, periscope lenses where there's an actual moving lens inside. Uh, but once those finish, you know, I had one with... Um, my last phone had uh, 20 times optical zoom, or 20 times zoom, not optical zoom, but it had five times optical zoom. So once it got to the five times zoom, the further I zoomed in, it was just cropping. It's just cutting. It's like taking a photo and cutting the edges off of it. You're not you're not gaining anything. You're just uh, you're just zooming in onto it, uh, and uh, you're obviously losing a lot of quality then as well. Um, so uh, the lossless uh, hybrid, oh yeah, so you'll start to see the image quality degrade, yeah. Uh, then there's the fact that the Galaxy S21 Ultra and its ilk tend to co cost close to or over a thousand quid. With innovation centered around smartphone photography, it begs the question of where best to put your money, a new phone or a dedicated camera. If you've even upgraded your phone in the past few years, that's, uh, uh, that is, not everyone can be or should be on a 12-month upgrade cycle. Uh, macro photography, meanwhile, can work nicely on a phone camera, but usually requires you to buy a lens attachment or invest in some kind of external lighting setup. Samsung has one again fitted, uh, once again fitted sele uh, selected phones like the Galaxy A52 5G with a dedicated macro module albeit with a 5 megapixel resolution. And uh, let's see. Bokeh, the soft photo. Yeah, that's what I was talking about as well. And background of a photo can be simulated on a smartphone uh, thanks to the depth, center, depth sensors and AI-assisted low-light processing can ring detail out of murky shots. Uh, but to all the most untrained eye, the signs of digital wizardry are obvious. Uh, things that don't look... Uh, quite right. Uh, you can only ta fake it so far before the metaphorical wires and scraps of gaffer tape begin to show. Yeah, it's true. But they, some of them look lovely. They're perfect for like Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. When you, if you're just posting up uh, photos like that, they're quite good. But if you're uh, printing out a photo in a large size to, to hang up or um, it's been entered in a competition or uh, in a gallery or anything like that they won't they won't stand up to to you know to scrutiny as you say and if you need to do editing and things like that um a dslr or mirrorless camera isn't obliged to resort to such tricks they have no need for major compromises they're allowed to be unwieldy and awkward so long as they deliver results big sensors big lenses big grips uh, that let you hold the camera rock steady are all conductive to providing images that can't be matched on a phone and it's these things that make a proper camera worth owning for anyone who wants to consistently uh, create quality photos or videos uh, speaking of video phone manufacturers often highlight their devices ability to shoot 4k ultra hd videos but compare that 4k footage to 4k footage shot on a camera like uh, fujifilm xt4 or the sony a7s3 or the nikon z6 and the difference is night and day 
Uh, the phone video looks fantastic considering it's shot on a phone, but the dynamic range, detail, colour and bokeh on the real camera footage is streets ahead. None of this is to say that smartphone cameras are bad, given the size limitations. Yeah, it, it is amazing when you think about it. I, I, I've looked at the sensor in my camera and it's it's huge. like. And uh, when you think what's behind the lens in a, in a, in a phone, considering the size of those... Uh, size of those it's really tiny you know um given the size limitations they're a little short of astonishing the general snaps quick street photography shots and the like and a smartphone makes a lot of sense for wildlife or sports photography professional grade portraits um are more challenging scenarios you'll need a proper camera uh hands up who who'd want their wedding shot on an iPhone. <laughs> the ubiquitous smartphone has demonstrated a for, uh, photography in a way that's pricey premium cameras and even uh, affordable DSLRs could making passionate prolific shutterbugs of people who don't know their aperture from their elbow. Uh, it's this camera you'll always have with you. So basically what I suppose what they're saying to is just, you know, you won't be able to match what they have in the, in an SLR. Yeah, it's a nice article there. If you ever want to, re- if you want to read it, it's on Wired. Uh, phone camera versus DSLR is the is the kind of the headline of that. Um, so yeah, that's very very interesting now. And you don't have to spend a fortune to start out with, you know. Uh, I've bought uh, secondhand cameras and things like that to have as backup cameras. Um, older DSLRs, um, even you know, even very old. If you're going, you know, say uh, an old, very older one, you try to get a full frame if you can, like a full frame older camera, uh, because the technology in the in the older cameras was further ahead of the than the than the the cropped frame DX. Say with um, Nikon, their DX uh, cameras uh, wouldn't have had the technology that the FX, the 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 full frame uh, cameras would have had back in the day as well so there were kind of these cmos sensors and things like that were kind of ahead of the game um so if you're buying older some people would have or older cameras that would have been replaced and they'd be selling them off fairly cheap um even though the stuff inside in a 10 year old um full frame dslr might be as good as a, f- a new enough um crop frame dslr because uh, their technology was kind of ahead of the game there. So there are bargains there. It is an expensive game to get into. I know myself, <laughs> uh, you know, I've never got back the amount of money that I spent on the equipment, you know. I've done bits and jobs of photography and things like that, uh, sports events and things, and I've never got back what I've put into it. I, I probably never will, but uh, it's not, you know, it, there's there's a there's a love to it as well and it's nice and it's it's lovely to get a really good shot you know sports events especially because it's so difficult um it's nice to get a good shot and it kind of really pays off and you know people see it and say oh that's lovely you know great camera you must have a great camera that's what i usually say but actually speaking of which um if you are interested in getting photography, I'd recommend one of the night courses or something like that. I did a, a I've done a couple of courses over the years, probably three courses. Uh, I did like digital photography and I did and like a traditional photography course where I was developing film and everything like that. And uh, it teaches you a lot actually to, to 
kind of value each photo you know when you're when you're buying film and you might have only 32 um shots or something like that or 36 in the in the reel that you value each one and you know it costs money to take a photo you know that kind of way rather than with digital ones where you just snap away <laughs> i've done a mixed martial arts events where i've taken like two and a half thousand photos and i think if i had a film camera that would be closer to like a hundred <laughs> so um but it's kind of difficult there it's kind of more necessary because you're you're trying to catch motion and uh you're i probably by the end of that night when i've gone through all the photos i've probably deleted three quarters of them because they're blurry the lighting isn't right it, the focus is catching the fence and things like that but um anyway uh best to look with that um as i say you know you can shop around you can if you know mirrorless is another thing i suppose some of the first uh, mirrorless sony's were kind of the first ones to come out with mirrorless maybe four or five years ago so some of those now which would be still pretty good might be coming down in price compared to the, the new model so the if you want to get into photography and you're thinking you're want to buy something that you want to keep for years to come i suppose um the mirrorless would be the way to go because they seem to be slowly but surely um taking over the 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 traditional um mirror um dslr so uh best to look with that let's have a look at some of the latest stories in tech uh, xbox cloud gaming is starting to roll out to xbox consoles try a game via streaming before downloading it um Microsoft is beginning a rollout of the ability to play games via Xbox Cloud Gaming on Xbox or uh, Xbox One or Series X or S consoles. The feature requires a Game Pass subscription and will be available in 25 regions. With Brazil coming soon, according to Microsoft, you might have to you might have access to the feature right away, as Microsoft says it will roll out first with our November release uh, to a subset of Xbox gamers and everyone in supported markets over the coming weeks. Uh, cloud gaming on Xbox consoles could have a number of useful useful applications. You can use it to try our demo games available on Game Pass without having to fully download them. If a friend sees you in a multiplayer invite uh, for a game you don't have to, uh, you don't have installed, Xbox Cloud Gaming could let you stream the game so you can jump right in. And if you have an Xbox One, Xbox Cloud Gaming will actually let you play some next-gen exclusive games like Recompile, The Medium and Rift Breaker on your last-generation console. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator isn't available yet, but Microsoft says it will be added to its cloud game library in early 2022. Uh, so that's a nice thing that they're adding. Um, I suppose PlayStation is PlayStation now, and you can stream some of the games on that, some of like PS4 games and things like that, but that's slightly different now. Um, yeah, so that's a good idea. Um, actually, I I um, bought Ghosts of Tsushima. It's a PlayStation 5 game, and it's the first disc game I bought for the PS5 now since I got it, and it's it's nearly, uh, nearly 11 months ago now since I got it, so... Um, uh it's it's excellent game i have to say now it's very very good um it's uh, you can really see the next generation graphics i know it's on ps4 as well but it's uh it's amazing you're you're playing a samurai in the game and the playability and everything is something similar to like uh uncharted or something like that it's the it's very easy to use it's you only using a couple of buttons and it's it's very simple you learn the game instantly it's not like you have to learn different 
press this and that and another thing at the same time and um to to learn it it's a very intuitive so yeah i'd i'd recommend it now uh, ghost of tsushima um if you like it's a mix of like set challenges and open world and things like that and it's just the ma- the best graphics i've ever seen in a game hands down very very good uh graphics wise and a lot of work was put into it so you can tell it's it's, it's amazing uh, Amazon Fire TV Omni Review. Useful Alexa features, underwhelming picture. So Amazon have their own TV. Uh, their first TV has an uh, appealing price and uh, useful features, but isn't on par where it counts. Uh, you'd expect a lot from Amazon's first ever self-branded TV after building a successful hardware business with its e- eco-smart devices and Fire TV streaming gadgets. Now the tech giant wants to put its name on its uh, on the biggest screen in your home. The new Fire TV Omni delivers 4K HDR picture in multiple sizes that start at aggressively low prices. The 50-inch costs $359.99 at the time of this review. This is on The Verge. This is in America now. I don't know if they're selling them here or not, but uh, the largest 65-inch and 75-inch models include Dolby Vision HDR, which in Amazon's own world, own words, allows for more cinematic experience. All Omni TVs are run um, Amazon's Fire TV software and have built-in mics for hands-free Alexa voice commands. Uh, even when the screen is turned off, there's also a cheaper Fire TV 4 series on sale now. But they go on to say uh, on The Verge that they're uh, reviewing the higher-end model. In some ways, Amazon's new effort shows big promise. The Alexa integration is more thorough and featured, a full feature than what you get using Fire TV Stick. In addition to launching your favorite streaming apps or searching for content with your voice, you can also switch between TV inputs and you can query Alexa when the TV's display is fully off for simple information like whether to play music or tell you about the weather uh, the omni also supports features like apple airplay 2 uh, which amazon streaming apps uh, streaming players do not and you can plug a webcam into the tv's uh, usb port for video calls with echo show devices uh, right now and zoom uh, apps zoom and other apps later on okay uh, but Amazon's first TV uh, underwhelming in all the important areas, like picture quality. They rank below competition from TCL, Vizio, Hisense and other TV makers that play in the same price range. There's nothing inherently terrible about the viewing experience on the Fire, Omni, um, Fire TV Omni. If you're someone who's easy to please, you might be totally satisfied. But Amazon has made a few too many hardware compromises for me. Uh, to recommend it as it on the TV lineup. So it says good and bad here. It gets 7 out of 10. Uh, good stuff. Aggressive pricing. Uh, hands-free Alexa TV. Uh, low input lag for gaming. And the bad stuff. No, lo- uh, no local dimming means mediocre black levels. Color accuracy is off the mark. And the panel is limited to 60 hertz. Uh, before going any further, I have to note that while Amazon claims these are Amazon-built TVs, they are almost certainly being manufactured by TCL. Uh, there are unmistakable hardware similarities between them, uh, from the general overall design to the I.O. port layout. I'm sure Amazon had some input into the final product, especially with regards to the Alexa integration, but there's no denying uh, which company produced these so they're actually tcl tvs but tcl have been pretty good and 
TCL themselves seem to rank above them, so that's that's a strange one. Let's see what else we have. Uh, researchers develop a net to prevent the coronavirus from entering cells. Two University of Miami researchers have uncovered a novel treatment that could stop COVID-19 in its tracks and to help those suffering with the disease to recover. A therapeutic called SpikeNet, created by Miller School of Medicine, uh, obstetrician-gynecologist Dr. Michael Pidas, and assistant research professor, oh, that's a difficult name, Arumgam Jayakumar, uh, works by blocking the novel coronavirus from entering cells in the body, where it typically re- uh, replicates and spreads. So they go on to say here, at clinical level, what's really important is treatment of COVID-19 during the first few days when you get sick. Because if you don't turn the corner right away, it's a downward spiral and it's often hard to recover. Yet our first uh, animal model, yet in our first animal model, we saw a significant survivor uh, early on. Uh, then uh, the two of them spin, uh, sent SpikeNet to Northern Arizona University which has a biosafety level 3 laboratory, something that is unavailable in Florida. Uh, there, the peptide was given as a treatment to mice infected with live SARS-CoV-2 virus. Uh, the, hel- the health of most of the 20 mice who received SpikeNet improved significantly. They are still analysing the data, but are related by the initial results. Along with survival rates, the duo discovered other benefits of SpikeNet. For example, it reduces inflammation and uh, oxidative stress levels in rodents who received the treatment. In addition, they said they looked at the rodents' water channels or aquaporins, which regulate uh, water in the body and noted that these are improved with the SpikeNet treatment. These are major hurdles for patients suffering with severe COVID-19 whose lungs often fill up with fluid. Uh, so that's good. It looks uh, promising. All these, so many um, new kind of innovations uh, with uh, like the mRNA um, vaccines and stuff, which may end up helping to cure um, malaria, which has killed millions and millions of people uh, over the years. Uh, so I heard that they were using that. Wasn't there something in the news where they were using that uh, technology to help with malaria? So, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, the when when times of need like this can can help to you know it's like the space program there were i saw one time a list of inventions that came because of the space program uh the likes of velcro and things like that all came from uh, trying to innovate things for space so many different things satellite navigation and everything uh all came from from space travel and different innovations there. Uh, Stripe is in early discussions with investment banks about going public. A company considered market debut through um, direct listing or initial public offering as soon as next year. Uh, Stripe, the digital payments company, last valued at $100 billion, is in early discussions with investment banks about going public as soon as next year, according to the people with knowledge of the matter. The 11-year-old company is considering a market debut uh, through a direct listing or initial public offering, the sources said, asking not to be identified because the information was private. Uh, so that'll be interesting the the plans including a timing could change uh, the people said a representative for stripe with headquarters in dublin and san francisco declined to comment so yeah that's a, a big uh company started with some wasn't it some irish guys that started it uh yeah so they're doing very well um Instagram will shut down its companion app treads by next year. 
by the end of next year. Uh, Instagram standalone messaging app Treads is shutting down. I've I've never heard of it. <laughs> I've never heard of it. But anyway, they'll be closed down by the end of 2021. The company confirmed to TechCrunch after reports being circulated via social media of its impending closure. Instagram is planning to alert its existing Treads users with an in-app notice beginning on November 23rd, which will direct them to return to Instagram to message their friends going forward. So, It was introduced in 2019 as a companion app to Instagram shortly after the company shut down its other standalone messaging app direct. I hadn't heard of that either. I don't use Instagram much. I, I don't like the the way it works and stuff. I don't find it very intuitive. So, I have another article here. The best keyboards for iPads and other tablets in 2021. Uh, turn your iPad, your Surface and more into fully realized work machines with these nifty uh, table keyboard accessories. Uh, so no, some of the, they're not numbered here, so it's in any kind of an order. If you have Apple product, the Apple Magic Keyboard for iPad Pro, a gorgeous iPad keyboard and trackpad combo. That's an ideal modular computing. Uh, compatibility is for the iPad Air fourth generation, iPad Pro 11 uh, 11 inch third generation, iPad Pro 12.9 uh, inch fifth generation. Uh, connectivity: Smart Connector, Backlit, yes, Trackpad, yes, uh, Media Keys, no. Uh, it's £279 sterling. So let's see what else we have. Logitech Combo Touch. Uh, turn your iPad into a Microsoft Surface Go. <laughs> uh, compatibility iPad 7th and 8th generation. iPad Air 3rd generation and 4th generation. iPad Pro 10.5 inch. iPad Pro 11 inch 1st to 3rd generation. iPad Pro 12.9 inch 5th generation. Connectivity smart connector as well. Backlit yes. Trackpad yes. And media keys yes. Um, this one is 100. So it's it's Logitech reportedly worked closely with Apple to get this keyboard case made. And is def, uh, definitely handles the fancy trackpad cursor functionality. Uh, baked into the iPad OS. However, the design is markedly different from Apple's Magic Keyboard resembles as it does. Uh, it's a bit chunky uh, take. Or it's a chunkier take on the Surface Go 2, but it's £140 sterling for that one. Uh, the Bridge BRYDGE 12.9 Max Plus or the Bridge 11 Max Plus. Wish your iPad was a MacBook Pro, Bridge is on the case. <laughs> so one is uh well no this one is the same they all try to make them look like other ones i think there was a a few years ago a lot of people were giving out about the keyboards on apple products that some of the the laptops and things like that and um so a lot of uh the product companies have tried to make keyboards that that replicate some of the the more popular keyboards more uh, easy to use buttons and stuff like that so this is for the ipad air fourth generation ipad pro 11 inch first to third ipad pro 12.9 inch third to fifth generation is bluetooth the connectivity is bluetooth um backlit yes trackpad yes media keys yes and it's 180 euro 180 pounds uh, microsoft surface uh type cover there's no point buying a surface without one also uh, surface tablets uh, oh it's compatible with all surface tablets uh, weighs 310 backlit yes uh, touchpad yes glass it's a glass touchpad uh, microsoft uh, it's 100 pounds sterling so it's a little bit cheaper than the apple ones um, huawei smart magnetic keyboard mate pad slash mate pad pro keyboard case a niche option but some intriguing tricks 
compatibility of Huawei MatePad Pro, uh, dimensions uh, 309, well, it's standard kind of keyboard size. They're much, they're all kind of similar size. Uh, backlit, no, and touchpad, no. Uh, so it's just the keys. There's no touchpad on it. It's just a set of keys. It looks like just a keyboard poking out the bottom of your uh, tablet that it's connected to. Uh, how does it work? It's powered by the MatePad Pro's reverse wireless charging and both magnets and NFC aid the auto pairing process. Slot the tablet into one of the smart magnetic keyboards, two grooves, and you can type away with around. Well, I suppose a tablet you could kind of get away without a trackpad because it's touchscreen. So you can just kind of touch where you want. But I don't know. I'd probably prefer to have a, t- a trackpad though. Pro's low bulk, good key travel. Uh, clever power uh, mechanic cons no backlit no true wireless typing and no touchpad it's 130 uh, pounds so that's some of the of the different tablets out or the different uh, keyboards for your tablets Uh, 12 cool ps5 accessories you can buy so if you did manage to get a ps5 last year and you got one this year uh, uh, congratulations <laughs> to be able uh, same with Xbox Series X or Series S or any of the other consoles if you're lucky uh, Nintendo Switch any of those if you're lucky to get them fair play to because there's a shortage at the moment with all this uh, ongoing um, uh, chip shortages and things like that so this is some of the, the accessories what is it 12 accessories so a spare DualSense controller the, there really is no substitute for Sony's new DualSense wireless controller through the layout with the classic deep, uh, D-pad and circle cross triangle square buttons will be familiar to Ju- DualShock 4 users. The DualSense comes packed with fantastic new features alongside the new games console like like uh, haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. Yeah, which I I really love. <laughs> I can't I can't get enough of them. The the new uh, the new uh, features that are built into the console to the controller. Actually, uh, Ghost of Tsushima doesn't have as much of it as I would have liked, but so far what I played of the game, uh, say the horse is walking along and you could kind of feel the footprints in the haptic feedback, uh, the adaptive triggers. I don't think anything I've done so far has has used the adaptive triggers, but. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if it has. I don't think it has full uh, use of it, full use of it yet. Um, uh, set up in it. I, I I have heard Spider-Man uses a good bit of it, but I'm uh, waiting for the price to come down on that as well. So, um, so another accessory for the in in the top twelve. This is the the second one. They're not numbered or anything, so it's just twelve in random order. Uh, is the expandable storage a WD Black SN850 MVE uh, gaming SSD? It's taken quite some time uh, following the launch of PS5, almost a year in fact, but Sony has finally released the update allowing users to take full advantage of the console's additional storage capacity. Now, if you are like me and you have a load of PS4 games that you're downloading off of PS Now, um, or you have discs and stuff with saved uh, things like that, you can uh, plug in, uh, I had a 500 gig uh, hard drive that I wasn't using, so I plugged it in external drive and I plugged it in. I formatted it, plugged it in and I set that up and I dumped all of my PS4 games that I had and I had about 20 of them. And actually old games that I had to delete to save space because I was running out of space. I re-downloaded them and saved the whole lot. So I actually only have not even uh, about a quarter of the of the 
PS5 memory is being used now. I have the full 500 gig is full, so I have another. What is it? Is it 750 gig? It comes with. Uh, so that's all. Uh, most of that is available now. I just have the game that came with the PS5, and I have um, the save data and things like that for the new games I got. Uh, so I have a good bit of memory to spare. So that's a way to spare memory if you've got a lot of PS4 games. But if you're after downloading a load of PS5 games and it's getting full, uh, that might be the option for you. Uh, you'll have to remember that you'll need a heatsink with that as well. So they range from 500 gig to 2 terabytes as well as the option for a heatsink. Yeah, so uh, we tested the 1 terabyte with a heatsink and the installation was extremely simple. Uh, easy instructions provided by PlayStation. The SSD is capable of 7000 MB read speeds uh, to keep the next-gen console running uh, with all top capabilities. It's 186 quid. Next accessory that's uh, recommended by Wired is the Thrustmaster T300 RS racing wheel. Do you know, I never really got into racing wheels and I play Gran Turismo like at least once every two or three days. I just go in and do like my daily, um, you, if you do like one race, yeah, they'll give you a free car. So <laughs> I like to get my free car and then I, that's enough for the day and then that's it but i've never i was never big into the steering wheels and things but this one does look really cool now in fairness uh one of the best black friday discounts we found oh, so this is going to be on sale for black friday the Trustmaster t300 rs racing wheel so hopefully you might have already picked one of these up uh it's 28 centimeter diameter racing wheel. it does look it looks like it's straight out of a sports car uh so that's it's 380 quid though um asus rog strix fusion 700 headset um the ss headset which we reviewed back in december of last year remains one of the best gaming headsets for players looking for a third party alternative to the pulse 3d wireless headset the sound is good with a rumbling controlling bass and you can and you can pair them with bluetooth uh, to a phone and listen to music on the go the microphone isn't the best fidelity but it's more than capable of delivering tactics to your teammates in call of duty uh, 240 euro there but you know what uh, i have i have sony xm4 headphones which are pretty much the flagship sony headphones and they don't work with the ps5 they don't connect with bluetooth it doesn't recognize them it won't work with them which is very strange so you have to go and buy the pulse ones but you know you think that they're sony's only console and their best headphones would be able to pair up with each other like um if you're splashed out on a PS5, it might be time to invest in the pinnacle of wireless multi-room audio. We received the Sonus Arc back in June and found it had impeccable finish, extensive specs and, and control options and a spacious and impressive punchy sound. Uh, it's not the out-and-out out best Dolby Atmos soundbar around, but it's certainly the best for the price. Uh, 895 quid. So, yeah, that's a lot. So, like, you can get, like, the 5.1 surround sound systems if you have space for it. And it's probably going to beat any of those sound bars because you're getting the, the proper surround sound and you can have a big subwoofer to go with it. Um, and you'd probably get it for at least half the price of that, if not more, um, uh, for different ones. I got a, I have a Sony one for years. Uh, it's a DTS one, uh, 5.1 surround sound. And um, I actually got, uh, I wired in a spare, another subwoofer I got off of a broken surround sound system. Uh, and it actually it does give a little bit of extra bit. No, I know this it's the same output and things like that uh, from the actual amplifier. But 
maybe it just pushes bass in two different directions but it sounds good anyway it definitely improved the sound so um sony bravia th uh, 9005 tv uh in the market for a tv uh then the you need the bravia uh, h or xah 90 that comes with ready for playstation 5 features uh, it's got all the features you need for fantastic stunning 4k 120 frames per second it's very good for a tv a very low input lag of 7.2 milliseconds uh, for your esports champions bravia's game mode setting also lets you wake up both the tv and ps5 with the dual sense and seamlessly control the P- well i have that set up with my i have a toshiba tv and it does that when i turn on the ps5 the tv turns on when i shut down the ps5 the tv will shut down as well if it's not for you there are plenty of other options in the uh, their tv guide and wired as well so it's 899 in john lewis what size is it it doesn't say uh secret lab titan gaming chair um i've never i've never even sat in the game chair. i just sit in my sofa uh if you're working at home it just looks like a business chair kind of that one really uh or it looks like a the a normal business chair with the back off of like um a sports seat out of a car uh if you're working at home it helps to have a chair that can fulfill a multitude of functions from study and supportive office chair to something more relaxing for chilling out secret lab fulfills this need with a highly affordable adjustable titan chair it provides great support for long sessions of working or gaming uh, boasting a lumbar support adjuster uh, found in high-end racing cars or if you need to slab out you can extend uh, the full-length backrest recline uh, relax into the memory foam pillow and watch netflix on your ps5 uh, so it's 369 pounds sterling uh, seagate game drive four terabyte portable h uh, hdd so i was talking about earlier i had a 500 gig one so this is four terabyte one uh, the paltry storage space in the ps5 is a problem true all right like because the games are so big nowadays system files players are left with about 667 gig oh that's all the usable memory uh the easiest and most affordable way to fix this is with the four terabyte external hard drive which will store and play backwards compatible ps4 games yeah so that's what i was saying freeing up much needed space yeah definitely 85 quid for four terabytes that's actually very good yeah that's brilliant actually uh now it's pound sterling so it'll work out maybe a hundred quid all all in but um yeah that's that's pretty good uh psvr adapter for ps5 yeah so uh, that's i before i even had my ps5 i got the vr adapter uh and it works pretty good the only thing is there's a downside and i don't know if it says it here or not if you fit your psvr and you um you use the adapter and everything on the ps5 the HDR doesn't work. I think it it does a, it affects the HDR. PSVR is a fantastic bit of kit with an affordable introduction of virtual reality. While it's a shame that Half Life no, it works perfect and everything, but I think the HDR mode uh, or the it, it it won't stop any game, but just the effects on the screen will look different. But it it uh, it uh, it'll maybe reduce the quality a little bit or the the kind of the 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 contrast between dark and bright parts of a of a and a part of a game or something like that um while it's a shame that half-life alex probably won't be released in the console uh, there are still a, f- a few great games and apps to try such as res infinite skyrim vr and firewall zero hour if you, ha- if you already own the psvr pack 
Uh, good news, Sony will send you a camera adapter for free. Yeah, I got it for free. Um, all you need to do is go to the website and type your PSVR serial number. Yeah, I can attest to that. I got it sent out to them pretty quickly, actually, as well, for free from Sony. So, uh, Samsung Premier LSP7T pro projector. This just looks like a pillow. <laughs> it doesn't. You can't see any projector screen or, or any uh, lens or anything. Uh, for those who miss going to the cinema, why not splash out and bring the cinema experience home with a UHD short throw projector? UHD projector. That's. I bet this is going. I'm not looking at the price, but I bet it's going to be expensive. Uh, it's it's space saves as well, especially since your room is now. Uh, no doubt it fitted with uh, stuffed with PS5 accessories. Uh, this Samsung Premier LSPT7 uh, just launched in the UK and delivers a truly premium entertainment experience. Uh, if you'd like a cheaper option, check out a list. Wired has a list of uh, cheaper projection. 4,000. Yeah, 4,000. But it's a short throw projector so it, it, it doesn't need much room. Uh, Anchor USB-C to USB-C cable. Uh, as you'd expect, Sony generously includes a cable for charging your DualSense controllers right in the box. However, what isn't as generous is the length of the cable, uh, which is fine if you sit right in front of a TV or monitor, but not if your setup leaves you any further back. Thankfully, Anchor has you covered. You can pick up the 6-foot Anchor cable for less than 8 quid right now, solving any uh, cable restrictions you could hope for. Actually, I'd recommend a little bit of a tip here. If you're getting a cable for charging your controller or something like that, it uses Type-C. Your PS5 has a Type-C uh, plug in the front of it. And I recommend getting Type-C to Type-C. Because if you get the normal USB-A to Type-C, let's say use your phone charger or something like that to charge the cable. Um, you often will need, especially if you're connecting like a VR, uh, you already, like a VR, I have to have two different USB is plugged into it, as well as say the external hard drive I have, and the what else? Uh, the, I think it has only two on the back or something, and I need three. Oh, the camera, uh, the camera as well. So and oh, another thing is the the PS4, uh, the PSVR won't work with the PS5 camera. I have a PS5 camera, it wouldn't work with it. I had to use the PS4 camera. But then the quality is better on the PS5 camera. So I kind of had both of them plugged in. Or I just kind of pull one out and plug the other one in. But uh, what is handy is you keep all your big USBs free for all those accessories. If you use a Type-C to Type-C for your charging your controllers and things like that. So that's a, a handy little tip there. Um, the Pulse 3D headset. We were talking about that earlier. It's Sony's own brand one. Uh, if you have the... <laughs> the xm3s or xm4 sony headsets they won't work with it uh, but this ps5 well like you can plug it in i suppose you could plug the wire they won't work wirelessly with it i'll put it that way um for the ps5 sony has stepped up its less imaginative and rather chunky platinum uh, headset range from its last generation with the pulse 3d headset you get a more lightweight and sleek set of gaming headphones neatly matched with a new futuristic PS5 look. The simplicity in design extends to a useful and easy to access controls on the left ear cup simply uh, dongle, uh, allowing deft volume control, uh, muting your mic and the balance of game and chat audio. Oh, that's handy. Uh, in terms of audio quality, while 3D audio may not be as revolutionary as Sony touted, it certainly is a pleasing alternative to a pricier surround sound system. 
Uh, if you're used to TV speakers or similarly priced headphones, you won't be disappointed. 85 quid, I suppose it's not too bad considering it has all that stuff and it's a lot cheaper. I should have just bought them instead of the fortune I paid for the other ones. Uh, but that's the 12 accessories for the PS5. Uh, so there you go. Um, surprise scientists discovered new mineral on Earth's surface. Dave Maoite. Dave Moite. Uh, hitched a ride inside a diamond traveling all the way up from the planet's lower mantle uh, quartz f- feldspar mica fluorite you don't need to be a geologist to recognize a lot of the common familiar minerals on earth but what about dave moit m-a-o-i-t dave moit uh, it's okay if you've never heard of it it's a new discovery a team of geologists found the mineral in a dark in dark inclusions inside a diamond, there's just one catch. It shouldn't be there, said the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, said the University of Las Vegas oh yeah, in a statement Monday. The researchers traced the mineral to at least 410 miles, 660 kilometers down inside the planet's lower mantle between the core and the crust. Uh, UNLV said the first time that lower mantle minerals have ever been observed in nature. The mineral was fortuitously preserved in a diamond mined uh, from Botswana and sold by a gem dealer in uh, 1987. Uh, it would normally not be able to re- uh, retain a structure outside of the high-pressure environment of the Earth's mantle. But diamonds are famously strong. Uh, so that's interesting. It's a very rare kind of... I don't know, will it be able to... Will there be? They won't have any more of it to do anything with it, but... At least they know of its existence anyway. Uh, so that's that's very interesting. Uh, Meta wants you to feel the metaverse with high-tech haptic gloves. So we were talking about last week that Facebook has gone all VR and, and AR and everything. And now they have haptic gloves. Meta's head of research discusses the latest prototypes and why feeling is the next frontier. Uh, VR visuals can... Uh, only look so good given current display technologies and we may already be approaching their limit it says here uh, facebook's parent company meta's dream of an immersive metaverse makes big promises but current vr interactivity is limited uh, the oculus quest controllers for example still feel uh, more appropriate for gaming than work after immersive video, mixed reality, face tracking and spatial audio, haptic feedback uh, could be the next frontier. Details of Meta's latest prototype hardware show where the research is heading. The idea of slip-on vibrating gloves that let you feel the virtual world have been part of our sci-fi vision for of VR for a long time. Uh, Meta's research arm has been working on haptic gloves for seven years. And even now the gloves that, that have been developed aren't yet portable. But they could be someday. So yeah, I suppose they'll have to have built-in battery packs. So this has like a ring around your wrist and a glove with all little black, I don't know what they are, bits of plastic all along the glove and ones on the fingertips as well. So it looks interesting, some of the ideas they're working on. So for the next generation of VR, they seem to be gone all in with VR anyway. So dogs can video call owners with new a uh, new device which could tackle pet anxiety 
In a trial, a Labrador called his owner by picking up and shaking a ball fitted with an accelerometer, which prompted a video call on a laptop in another room. Uh, dogs can video call their owners with a new invention, uh, with the designers, which the designers claim could address anxiety in pets that are left at home alone. The system called Dog Phone works when a, ple- a pet picks up and shakes a softball fitted with an accelerometer, a type of sensor. Uh, the movement is sensed. Uh, a signal is sent to a laptop which launches a video call. The owner can even make a call to the pet who would have to move the ball to answer. <laughs> University of Glasgow's Dr. Liana Hersky Douglas uh, her, said her 10 year old uh, Labrador, Zach. Uh, and colleagues from University Alto Univ- uh, from the Alto University in Finland have been working on the device. Oh, she's been using her dog so to to test it out. Zach was left alone for eight hours on a testing day, and the team believes the device could help pets feel less anxious when their owners are not with them. Uh, so that's very interesting. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is being sued by Miramax over his plans to release Pulp Fiction NFT collection. Non-fungible tokens are a digital collectible that exist on blockchains and are often a way for people to own original versions of a particular piece of content. Yeah, so uh, I don't fully understand them because it's like you own the original of of a piece of content, I suppose. Um, but yeah. I, it's just a digital piece of content, you know, it's not, you're not getting a, a piece of art or something, but I I don't know, like if somebody else, if somebody wants to use that in a, say if you're, you are the owner of an image and then they want to put it in a newspaper, do they have to pay you then or what? Is that how it works? I'm not sure. Uh, Film Studios Miramax is suing Quint, uh, Quentin Tarantino over his plans to release a collection of NFTs based on Pulp Fiction. Tartino wrote and directed the 94 blockbuster and has previously revealed plans to release seven NFTs based on the film. Uh, it is said to include scenes in the script that never made it to the screen as well as art and commentaries about the film. Uh, NFTs are a digital collectible that exists on blockchains and are often a way for people to own original versions of a particular piece of content. Yeah. His NFTs will feature public content for people to see as well as private elements for the owner. However, Miramax, the owner which produced the film, does not appear to be on board with his plan and have become taking legal action against the director, saying that it has been negotiating its own NFT partnerships based on the back catalogue. Uh, so that's very interesting. I, I don't 100% understand it. I kind of have half an idea of it, but I don't really... I haven't looked too much into it, and I probably won't either. But a lot of people have made a lot of money out of NFTs, that's for sure, anyway. Uh, so, RAF, just quickly through the last few stories, RAF sets new world record for the first successful flight using only synthetic fuel in a unique project. Uh, the Icarus C-42 Microlite uh, aircraft flown by Captain Peter Hackett completed a sharp flight powered by synthetic gasoline. So that's good. Uh, maybe alternatives. Um... Amazon to stop accepting Visa credit cards in the UK. Amazon will ex- stop accepting Visa cards issued from the UK from 19th January, the online retail giant said. It said the move was due to high credit card transaction fees, but said Visa debit cards would still be accepted. Just not credit cards, okay. Uh, ding, ding, crazy frog to make a comeback in December. Oh, no thanks, please. 
please no thanks uh they're releasing a song with crazy frog or something again oh no that was wrecking our heads back in the day uh star trek discovery fans are angry as new season is pulled days before launch uh, star trek fans have been left livid after the global release of the new season of spin-off show discovery was pulled days before its planned launch i think it was there isn't too many there aren't too many fans it was as far as I can see, almost universally slated by Star Trek fans. So it just, it didn't have the quality of the likes of the Next Generation, Voyager, even Enterprise. And I'm a, I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And uh, the in the beginning of season two, and I like, I struggled through season one. Uh, I lo- I watched little bits of season, the beginning of season two, and I just completely lost interest i didn't find it entertaining it was it didn't seem to me like a traditional kind of star trek show and uh you know yeah it's a pity it's a pity because there there's certainly a lot of uh, interest there for a show uh for a, a good star trek show but i don't know i uh it, it didn't take off and it's uh, from what i can see anyway uh it hasn't gone down very well so this article seems to be kind of uh, a bit pro the show you know that kind of way they're saying that the fans are disappointed and stuff but uh there might be a few angry fans but there's a lot of fans that are like yeah i had stopped watching it a year two years ago anyway so um la staples center to be renamed after cr- cryptocurrency firm so a firm has been paid for the the staples center it's been renamed what's the singapore based firm will pay more than 700 million quid for the rights to the 20,000 seat stadium which will be called crypto.com arena so let's go and change in the name apple announced a self-service repair scheme yeah so there was a law lawsuits and things like that so uh, uh apple because of the, uh, losing some lawsuits or some stuff coming out of it uh, people will be able to order parts to kind of fix their own iphones and things like that so and that's it that's been tech Thursday for today hope you've enjoyed it um I know I certainly I have. Uh, best of luck to uh, the listener who's uh, thinking about upgrading from their their phone to full on uh, uh, SLR camera. So I hope that works out, and uh, I hope you might be interested in doing the courses and things like that because uh, it's a great hobby or profession to get into. So best of luck with that. I've been Patrick Sheehan. As always, you can email uh, patrick102fm at gmail.com uh, for next week's show. You can leave any questions you might have tech-related and I'll get back to you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. <laughs>